Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the home, not a drain was a-drainin', not even a throne. The stink hung thick, up, down, and everywhere. Something had to be done before St. Nick got there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of turd blossoms snuck up their heads. But Mama in her jammies and I in my cap had just called Bonnie after saying, oh crap. And away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. Bonnie was there despite new fallen snow, ready to cable the drain and make that clog go. He came and saved us ever so lively and quick, so our house was ready for the arrival of St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, Bonnie's van it came, and all because I knew to call the right name. And off in the night, our hero he went, singing that jingle just to represent. B-O-N-N-E-Y, Bonnie.com. Call Bonnie! I have a special guest with me today. I have Gary Bernier with me. And Gary has been hounding me for months to do this specific topic. And I finally broke down and said, okay, Gary, we can do a podcast on this. So Gary, what is it that you wanted to talk about? Because this is all about you today, dude. Oh, it's all about me. Sure, you invite me on to talk about the demise of an empire, the fall of an empire. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And I, geez, that's what I'm going to be associated with, Steve. You know, you get to be associated with building empires, and I guess I'm going to be associated with the demise of an empire. The empire we're going to talk about today is Kodak, the guys that owned the photography and film business for years and years and years. And what a lot of people don't know actually got into the digital space early on. Well, you know, the more you talk to me about it, my resistance to doing this came down because I actually think, even though this was a big company and it was a demise, I actually, the more I looked into it, felt like there is a really, really good lesson here. So it is an interesting story, but there is a great lesson. So I really encourage people holding on to the end. But, you know, it's really interesting when you think Eastman was, first of all, the Eastman Dry Plate Company is how it started before it changed its name uh, to Kodak. It started in 1881 and seven years later changed the name to Kodak. But if you think about it, what's really crazy is they invented snapshot photography and when you and I were kids they were huge in 1976 when they peaked in the U.S. 90 percent of film sales and 85 percent of camera sales in the United States was Kodak that's kind of a big deal isn't it 85 percent yeah oh god like how many businesses get to that and in 1996 two-thirds of film sales worldwide was Kodak. In 1996, they were the fifth most valuable company on the planet. 16 years later, 2012, they went bankrupt. So what happened? It's really interesting when you read these stories of what happened, people will say, hey, they didn't see what was coming. And that's my favorite one. They didn't see what's coming. And they knew what was coming. They invented the digital camera. In 2001, they were number two in digital camera sales. In 2005, they became the best-selling digital camera in the United States. 
They had a home printer. They had, they even had an online photo service that they bought in 2001. They even had developed blockchain technology for photographers. So they saw this thing coming. There's no question about it. They were actually developing a lot of the technology that's being used today in digital. So they saw it coming. So I'm on top of the film world. I see this digital thing sneaking up. I'm putting efforts into it. How come 12 years later? Well, the other reason that I've heard people say is they were too early. They were on the bleeding edge of the technology. And I had a hard time with that one as well. So if you think about it, let's walk through some timelines. 2001, they're the second largest digital camera sales. Also in 2001, they buy an online photo service. And then 2005, best-selling digital camera. 2007, they become number four. 2010, number seven. But they hit the peak of the dot-com boom was around 2006, 2007 was the peak of the dot-com boom. They were right there with the right technology. They were right there with the right technology. And the year they went bankrupt, so in January 12, 2019, they went bankrupt and they sold their online photo service to Shutterfly for $23 million. 81 days later, Facebook buys Instagram for a billion. And today, it's estimated that Instagram is worth $100 billion. And Kodak was right there with a brand name. They had the brand. They had the people's trust. They had the technology. So what did they screw up? Here's what I think they screwed up. When you read, or in other words, when Steve went back and read old annual reports, Oh, joyous. Oh, joyous. And the letters from the CEOs and things like that. What you found overwhelmingly when they're withdrawing themselves from a particular business, what they would talk about how it was low margin and the margins were not as good as the film business. Or what would happen is they would do something for a few years, like the blockchain technology, and then abandon it. Because... It's low margin and it's not making money, or they weren't sure how to make money on it. But what was constantly happening, it was a constant comparison to the film business and also this recognition that it was replacing the film business and the margins weren't as good. So there was this constant resistance to going down that path. And I think that got in their way. So are you saying they couldn't flip their mindset to a dot-com startup that we're just going to get eyeballs and we're just going to grow and we're going to own the marketplace and later on we're going to figure out how to monetize it? They, they absolutely were unable to do that. But what's really interesting is if you go back and take a look at both Hershey's and Intel, go back and look at those two stories, Hershey's in particular. You know, I see a lot of parallels between Kodak and Hershey. So Hershey was in the caramel business, as you know from that story, and they pivoted to the chocolate business. And the chocolate business, caramel business was in decline. Chocolate business was higher volume, the future, lower margin. Sound familiar? What Hershey did was he sold the caramel business and went whole hog into the chocolate business. And I think one of the things that that does is it removes the distraction. I think if Kodak had done this 
in their analysis, I think they would have landed in a different place. And I know I'm playing armchair quarterback. We're talking about it after it fell. You know, it's it's like pulling out and saying, well, you know, the Romans would have gotten defeated over here if they had done this or so-and-so. It's all, sure, we're talking about it after the fact. This is a tool for analysis that I really like and I've used with a lot of businesses, especially when it comes to like a product or a division or things like that. And and I've modified this tool, but I didn't invent it. This is the Boston Consulting Group created this idea called the Boston Consulting Grid. <clears throat> and they talk about market share in it. I like to talk about opportunity instead. And really, when you take a look at their analysis around market share, it's really about opportunity. So it's really simple. You draw a horizontal line. One side of the line, you say little opportunity. The other side of the line, you say huge opportunity. So that's about your future, small future, big future. You do a vertical line, generating cash flow, not generating cash flow. Okay, so you now have this quadrant where there's four possibilities. So one of the possibilities is no future, not generating cash flow. You call that your dogs. And if you have a business that's a dog, you get rid of it as quickly as possible. You've also got one that is it's taking investment, taking time, energy, money, but has a huge future. That's called an investment. And then you've got your stars. That's the one everybody wants, which is generating cash flow and got great future opportunity. Those are the things that, you know, frankly, Kodak in the film business had a star for a decade. That's where it was running before digital started disrupting, right? Right. And then you have your cash cows. And your cash cows are things that are generating lots of money but don't have much future. So your dogs, you get rid of. Now, so if you think about it, here's what happened to Kodak. And this happens with every industry. They had a star in the film business. And then all of a sudden, and they knew it. All of a sudden, the future started to decline on that. It became a cash cow. So it moved quadrants. It went from being the superstar to just being a cash cow. Right. And what they knew is they needed a new star. And so you've got to do investments. So you take the cash from your cash cow, and you put it into investments and you want one of those investments to become a star. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Two words, lead flow. If you want to grow your business, lead flow is, well, not everything, but it sure can feel that way. You feel the need, the need for leads. And then there's the gnawing questions that plague you whenever you try to boost lead flow. Are you targeting the right customer? Are you saying the right things? Are you advertising in the right places? Are you spending too much or too little? And the ever-present, how can I best use social media? What if you could get those questions answered definitively in 90 minutes? You'd no longer feel the need for leads because now you'd know how to get them. That's what Empire Builders is offering you right now for free and with a guarantee to boot. Go to empirebuildersprogram.com, book a 90-minute Zoom meeting with the Empire Building Expert, and boom, questions answered, problems solved. We'll give you the real answers, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yes, our famous no-pitching and no-bitching guarantee. First, we won't pitch you at all, seriously. If you want to work with us beyond our meeting, you'll have to explicitly ask about moving forward. In the bitchin' part? If you're not satisfied with the answers, say the word. And I'll pay you cold hard cash for your wasted time. No hard feelings. Now that's a guarantee. Look, 
Empire builders take action. If lead flow is an issue for you, take action on it. Book your Zoom meeting at empirebuildersprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. So, in fact, they were doing all the right things except one. When they looked at investments, they didn't look at them as investments. They wanted them to immediately become stars. They didn't give them time. And one of the places that you can see that best is how they went into the home printer business. So think about their history in cameras. What did they do? Give people a camera cheap, make money on the consumable. That was their history. The consumable was the cash cow. Right. Guess what they did in the home printer business? They went with a high price printer and less expensive ink than their competitors. They didn't want to lose money on printers. Oh, no, no, God, we're making these printers. We got to make money on it. Where everybody else is like, we'll lose money on the printers. We're making the money on the ink. We'll lose money on the cameras. We'll make the money on the film. Where everybody else had learned from Kodak, make your money on the consumables. Kodak couldn't find their way around to that side of the page. Kodak could not learn from themselves. And I think the problem was they were looking at it going, we have to have these things making money. We need high margin. They weren't looking at them as an investment that takes time and energy. The other thing I think that happened was when you've got a cash cow, your objective on the cash cow is you do not want to be putting a lot of time and money and effort into it. A cash cow, you're sucking that baby dry, recognizing eventually the cash cow becomes a dog and you get rid of it. When you've milked the cash cow, there's a point when it comes to sell that thing for the meat that's left. Right. Or you do the Hershey's mode of this is still a great business, but I eventually see it going down this path. So while it's still a great business, I'm just going to sell it. Look, it's still giving you milk. Here, take this and run with it for a while. Yeah. There's a more attractive offer than, hey. You want a dog? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Or spin it into a separate division or what, like there's lots of things they could have done because it was still a very valuable business. But I think they never, with the ones that were the investment side, they were constantly looking at, oh, this is low margin business. This is not as profitable as the film business. And to your point, they never embraced the digital side. They had all the tools. They had the technology for the digital camera. They had an online photo system. They had NFTs and they had brand. And I believe they had a bunch of patents on all this stuff too, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So anybody else that was making digital stuff was giving them patent revenue for a while too, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, Instagram comes along and eats their breakfast. And Instagram, Instagram, and we are going to be doing a podcast on Instagram Instagram saw their business as a photo sharing business. Jesus Christ. Couldn't Kodak get their head around that? <laughs> Obviously not. Right? Kodak started as a business for sharing pictures with your friends. And think about some of the other books or other spinoffs like chat books and Apple books where you can take your photographs and get them printed and they come to you as a book. Like I'm sure Kodak could have done that and may have even pioneered that in the first place. But Oh, you know, if I could go back in time, it would be really interesting to see what would happen with Kodak if they just basically had started t 
taken a whole pile of cash and started it as a separate business. And we have a clue in terms of how that would work out. They did do that with one business. Okay. Eastman Chemical, Mm. which is still around today. And Eastman Chemical, when recognized, it had all sorts of technology for manufacturing chemicals in a clean environment. So guess what Eastman Chemical does today? Eastman Chemical makes a lot of chemicals for the medical industry. Interesting. They are still around today, but they were spun off into this separate business to figure out their own future, not distracted by what was going on with the Kodak film business. So there's a clue there because they're still around today. They're still in business. Eastman Chemical exists today. Again, like we said, you can't serve two masters. If they had created somebody else to lead that charge and set them up properly, maybe we'd all be using Kodak cameras on our computers. Kodak cameras on our computers, photo books printed by Kodak. How natural would that have been? Right? Like we would have gone there. Here's the lesson for owner-operated businesses. With all of Kodak's money and all of Kodak's expertise and all of Kodak's brand recognition and all of their future thinking, because they saw this stuff coming, with all of that, a distraction is still what pulled them down. And I think we underestimate that when we've got this thing over here that is creating this problem and is constantly knocking on the door, those things can really hold business owners back. And especially when you think about time, attention, and decision-making. The owner of the business only has so much time, only has so much mental space, only has so much emotional space. And there's a certain point with some things, even if it meant losing money, you might be better off to go, I'm just not doing that any longer, or I'm shutting that down, or I'm getting rid of that person. Whatever it is, distractions can really detract, especially if you put it on that grid and you sit there and you say, boy, I've got this thing that's this big distraction and it's not my future. Yeah, that grid's really handy. Had I pulled that grid out at one point in my life where I had started to split the business in two, you remember that, the training business, then the online training business. And again, we were trying to serve two masters with the same group of people um, and both ended up going by the wayside probably would have been a lot better off splitting off an online training division and trying to make that successful on its own, right? And the other part too, when you're in the investment side, I also recognize there's a certain point, like with all investments, you've got to cut and run, but you also have to recognize investments take time and you've got to let them mature and you've got to recognize. I also think the other problem Kodak probably did is they didn't look enough to what was going on in the technology space right? Like there was all these things happening in the technology space with photo sharing. And they kind of did. They went out and they bought an online photo service, but I think they bought it and didn't know what to do with it. They brought traditional thinking to a non-traditional business. Yes, They needed that non-traditional thinking. And that's why the internet startups that are successful, when you look at it, they start with non-traditional thinking. They don't have that legacy thinking in their way, right? They blow right past that. I think they should have had them in a different building, a different space, a different... Probably should have had them in California instead of, you know, New York and Rochester, where everybody else was. Yeah. And the interesting thing is they could have gone down that and stayed true to their roots. If they said, 
at our roots, we are a photo sharing company. That was actually their right. DNA. Photo sharing company. That's what they were. I believe that they could have made that happen. And it's a real shame. It would have been fun to have Kodak be able to do that transition and still be around today. And, you know, the other guy who understands the whole thing of distractions, interestingly enough, is Henry Ford. So at Henry Ford's peak, he was investing in tool manufacturing companies. He had tractor company that he started. They even started building airplanes. I believe it. And then when Chrysler and General Motors started nipping at their heels, what's one of the first things he did was got out of tractors, basically said, my future is cars, that I'm going to focus all my energies in that. And, and the other thing is with cars, it was also not a cash cow. It was a star because there was still lots of growth potential. But he recognized, you know what? It was time to get focused. Very true. Very true. So although it's not an uplifting, motivational, fun story, because, you know, and we're going to attach that to Gary. <laughs> I think there's a lesson to be learned here about protecting our empires, but also when trying to grow one, our legacy things, we have to be careful that they don't hold us back. You have to focus, guys. We run into lots of businesses when we work with them on the marketing side. There's sometimes a 10% distraction, a 20% distraction in their business. And as soon as we help them focus and get rid of that distraction, their business, that empire just starts to accelerate. So, you know, there there is a bit of a lesson that a lot of business owners can can take from this because we all look and go, oh, that grass looks pretty green. We got to go into that business or we got to add that onto the business and that'll help us grow. And sometimes just doing more of the same is the right way to grow. Yeah, absolutely. So again, Gary, thanks for encouraging me to do this. It ended up being an interesting little exploration. I think it's a great story, Steve. And, you know, I'm happy to be associated with the demise of an empire. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Gary. See you, man. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at theempirebuilderspodcast.com.